shooting out sparks over 38 states, the Canadian plains, and the tequila fields of Mexico. A program most deserving of a grand introduction. The Nocturnal Journal. The talk of the town. WGN Radio 720. With your guide, Dave Hoekstra. Daytime turns me off and I don't mean maybe. Welcome to Nocturnal Journal tonight. Uh, we've got a show loaded up with lots of fun. In the 10 o'clock hour, we have our friends uh, Dirty Ditties, the only musical group in the universe dedicated to vulgar material. Although they won't <laughs> sing any vulgar material on the show tonight, but they're going to do some Christmas stuff. And uh, around 9.45, we're going to have a, a tribute to our broadcast engineer, Aubrey Mumpower who is retiring, so we're going to get some history from Aubrey. And in our first segment, we're going to talk about uh, New Year's Eve at Navy Pier, which we can see uh, right out our windows here at the uh, Allstate Skyline Studio. And in the studio, we are so honored to have uh, a celebrity guest. Chicago Bulls and I didn't even know the White Sox DJ DJ Metro. Hey, thanks, thanks for joining us. Hey man, D- thank you for that. The first <laughs> off, thank you for that intro. I mean, I'm honored to be here. You're you're not lying. That's a clear view of Navy Pier. It is. It's beautiful. Unbelievable. I don't know who's doing the New Year's Eve show, but uh, it, you know, it's really quite a quite a nice sight. Yeah, there. man, it's gonna be awesome. Um, now this is no blind booking. I've seen you at the Bulls game. Yeah. So talk about uh, talk briefly about how you got involved with the Bulls and then what you'll be doing at Navy Pier. So uh, I have a mutual friend who uh, knows the new entertainment director, Michelle McComas, who was looking for DJs uh, six seasons ago once she came in from New York. And that mutual friend put me in the list with the four, the three other DJs that, are, that I partner with at, on that job. Um, and since then, I mean, it's literally been history. <laughs> I mean, history in the books. When did, when did you start with them? Uh, this is my sixth season, so uh, two, 2012. 2012. Yeah. And where do, where do you set up? I want to say 2013, actually. Okay. Late, late 2013. Like I told you, I'm always in the 300 level, so I don't even know where you That's are. That's where I used to yeah. be. I'm yeah. telling you. I used to be right next to the organ where, <laughs> yeah. you know, where the Blackhawks play and yeah. all that. Um, I set up. I'm, I'm on the opposite player tunnel. So if you're looking at where they run out, I'm on the opposite side, literally on the floor. Uh, you'll see my booth lit up, LED sign. Yeah, my ugly mug is somewhere on that jumbotron at some point, you know. And how do you come up? How do you come up with a playlist for the Bulls, and how does that differ from what you'll be doing at Navy Pier? We'll get to Navy Pier. Well, I mean, it, everything revolves around energy. You know what I mean? So, um, regardless of how everything else is around you, the point is you want to keep fun energy no matter what. Uh, so I, I don't want to say there's much of a difference. You want to read good body language and make sure that people are just enjoying themselves. Uh, does it matter when they're winning and losing? I mean, I, I go to games. I was telling you before we went on the air. I mean, where I sit, it seems like it's still like a tourist thing. There's yeah. a lot of people who are just there for the experience. Yeah, I mean, again, the entertainment is in, in itself one of the drastic reasons why Bulls fans love coming to games. So, uh, you know, I would say the only difference in mood is what, what, what I'm going to play, wh- whether we're going to do something with high energy that calls for a moment where, like, we're, we're either having a tiebreaker or we've taken the lead, whereas to uh, something where we we were not taking the lead or we're trying to catch up and score, we would play something more middle of the road is what we would call it. More Michael Jackson, more uh, Stevie Wonder, something along uh, Jimi Hendrix, something along those lines. Do players uh, give you ideas? Yeah, they get to to suggest what they want to hear during their warm-ups. 
Oh, it's cause, is it kind of like the walk-up song in baseball? Um, the, somewhat, yeah, yeah, because they're warming up. They have three songs that they get to pick uh, while they run out with the team after running of the Bulls. And before that, while while doors are just opening, while they're in there, they want to hear what they want to hear, you know, whether it be a hip-hop song, a country song. or Yeah. So, now what will you be doing over here at Navy Pier on New Year's Eve? You'll be at the 7th Annual Chicago Resolution Gala. That's right, inside of the Aeon Grind Ballroom. Uh-huh. Uh, it is probably the best party that is happening on New Year's Eve in the city of Chicago. I mean, anywhere between 3,500 and 4,000 people attend this thing, and the energy is through the roof. Once you pay for your ticket, whether it be general admission or, you know, a fancy table of 10, you get the same treatment of open bar, uh, the food and buffet, and, of course, the amazing firework display that happens at, like, 12.01 on the dot. You know, it's... It's something that you have to witness. If you're from Chicago or you're anywhere near the neighboring parts, Milwaukee, Ohio, you name it, this is something worth the drive. I I guarantee it. And um, seventh annual. Yeah. So this is my fifth, I believe. That's your fifth? Yeah. So how does your playlist uh, for that, how does that differ uh, for what you do for the Bulls? I want to say it doesn't differ. I want to touch, you know, the the party starts, the ages are anywhere from 21. I had a guy 65, you know, two years ago that wanted to hear a, a Bon Jovi song. And of course, you know, just given the fact that it is, we're such an eclectic city and such a big room calls for so many different genres, so many different demographics that you have to touch. So I don't think it differs much. Yeah. 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 Do you take requests? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah what not... are some of the requests you've gotten? Um, I mean, the most awkward ones are definitely like slow songs. You know, like who wants to hear a slow song at a New Year's Eve party? Color My World or yeah. something. <laughs> I think it's, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, something uh, Corvette Prince. What's the oh, Little Red Corvette? Yeah, yeah. I, that's not a bad one, you know. Uh-huh. But that's something more late night when the lights are about to turn on. You know, this guy wanted it. He was pressuring me, man. He was like, he's the guy standing on the stage like this, waiting for that song, boy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty funny. Now, uh, how'd you get involved with the White Sox? The White Sox, same deal. Obviously, you know, same owner. Um, entertainment came in. Entertainment director came in from New Orleans and he wanted to change things up musically, you know, um, without making it too dr- dr- uh, dramatic. Oh, that's interesting. Change. He came in from New Orleans. Yeah, he came yeah. in from New Orleans. He was working with the Pelicans at the time. Okay. But he's originally from Chicago. He's a Chicagoan. Went to Gordon Tech, um, you know, born and raised here. So when he came, he was uh, familiar with how the NBA had DJs and he wanted to try and take a swing at having DJs for the White Sox, you know, so... That's literally how it happened. You know, one meeting to another from Bulls. Hey, meet, you know, meet the guys over at the White Sox. And where do you uh, set up at the... We're, at the we are yeah. above the kids lounge and next to the Xfinity booth. Um, so I want to say that's right above left field. That's right above left field if you're looking up. And um, again, what's the difference maybe for, uh, I asked you about uh, you know venues, but what's the difference between a baseball stadium and a basketball stadium? I mean, I mean obviously a baseball stadium is bigger. Yeah, the, yeah. Capa- yeah, the capacity is just, you know, based on capacity and based on how many amazing moments happen in baseball so quickly, the energy gets driven up like that much faster because it's just so much, so many more people. You know, United Center is like a monster in itself. Then you step into a a baseball stadium that holds 20,000 more people than what you're used to. It's yeah. yeah. 
it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and um, are you a fan of these sports? Did you grow up? You're from Humble Park. I'm from Humble Talk Park. about how you grew up. Yeah, uh, my dad, my father uh, grew up a minor league baseball player. He loved baseball. He's out of Puerto Rico. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. He's he raised me and my brother. To be baseball players, we went to St. Patrick High School. Played did he, baseball. Did he play professional minor league baseball? Um, he played. He he traveled to Toronto. Right. I I don't remember exactly what years. I don't I don't know if it was even the professional league. Mm-hmm. But he made his money. You know. So uh, this was like in seventy eight, seventy nine. Okay. I did it for like three seasons, and then his back started to go out. My brother came in to play. You know. Um, yeah, I love sports. Yeah, I love sports. I I myself love taekwondo. Um, our, our uncle owned a Taekwondo gym in Humble Park. You know, we, we like between baseball and martial arts. That's what we did. Yeah. And then how'd you get into music? And was there music around the house? Yeah. Was this all in Humble Park? All in Humble Your Park. Roots, yeah. All of it. All of it. My, my father's barbershop was, uh, touching Logan Square in Humble Park. Uh, I believe it's Belmont Craig in Logan Square. So it's Belmont in California was his first one. Uh, and then, yeah, man, music that, the Owner of the Taekwondo gym, my my uncle, birthed the son, who's also a DJ for a rapper named DMX. Okay. So I mean, I started DJing when I was a little guy, eight or nine years old. You know, I'm 31 now. <laughs> and what was your equipment when you were little? And, uh, One, in layman's terms, tell the listeners what you and what your gear now. Yeah. Like for a for a Bulls game. I mean, uh, gosh, it was a tape deck which I recorded the songs off of and got to play off of. And if you held cassette. And aux at the same time, you could play the record player that I had connected to one mixer. It was a Radio Shack mixer and a belt drive Gemini. Now, I'm showing up with my laptop because, you know, these controllers that we have are so awesome. Uh, Now we're using the Rain 12 system, which is like the newest and best DJ equipment that you can buy. Uh, that's what we're using at the Bulls games and at White Sox games this season. So it's all on a laptop. Yeah. About how many, uh, I don't even know if I should call them songs, how many mixes? I mean, how how much material do you play during the course of, let's use a Bulls game. Huh? Wow. How much material? It, it's I mean, un, it's yeah. unimaginable. I mean, I start DJing as soon as doors open, 5.30. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask, what the, so time, I, what the time span is. Yeah, I can't even. Did you start as soon as the doors open? As soon as doors open. I'm there. I'm, music's rocking. Yep. Wow. Yeah, wow. and then you play until till the end of the game, and uh, in between everyone's whistle. Uh, again, both venues. I think it's fascinating. You do club. I mean, do you do regular nightclubs too? Oh yeah, yeah. Talk I, about that. I I, I just landed um, an illustrious uh, residency at uh, Tile Nightclub, which is the newest and best venue in the city. Uh, I'm very proud to say that because it's you know it's super hard to get into these venues you know and it is there's a lot of competition. I tell you, this is a big city with yeah. with an with amazing competition. So you know to say that I'm one of the guys is, is you know I'm I'm really rooting that that goes well and yeah I'm happy. So Tao is where I where you and where, can, where's Tao at? Tao is right here off of Dearborn I believe okay. that's Dearborn the old Castle nightclub. Excalibur? Do you remember? Oh, well, you know, I remember when it was the limelight. Oh, that's, I, <laughs> that's, that was about 30. You were you were probably just born. Probably. That uh, was the Andy Warhol. I, I saw Excalibur. Andy Warhol there one night. I mean, it was an opening night party they had. Yeah. So, yeah, it was the limelight before the Excalibur. Yeah. 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 Excalibur turned ca- or limelight, turned Excalibur, yeah. turned castle, turned towel. 
South, okay. Yep. So, so Tao is where you'll find me around the other city, uh, up parts, Electric Hotel. I mean, I, I do so many nightclubs here. Has the experience with the Bulls, has that helped open doors? Of course. Of course. I mean, now we're, now I'm, m- myself and the other Bulls DJs are also the DJs for Northwestern basketball. Uh, men's basketball so we're doing those games as well um, it opened doors for Jay Funk who's another one of our DJs to do music production for the Chicago Bears so of course you know uh, any gig is a sweet gig you know um, uh, yes absolutely when I was growing up going to sports games there wasn't so much music of course in the background of course you know <laughs> we had the organ player people you know? would be I'm not that old but pe- yeah people would be uh, pe- I remember of course, obviously, uh, going to Wrigley Field for $10 a game yeah. um, in the 90s. And people, I, as time progressed and these tickets just became more expensive and the teams got better, you just look so forward to having more fun when you go to these games. And it's almost worth the money that you pay. Like, you get bobbleheads, you get shirts, you're getting vouchers for free meals to the next ones. Like, you're, there, there isn't a, a, anything that you're going without worth a 40 or $50 ticket. That's a good buy in my eyes. Yeah, right. You know? Well, it, yeah, it's a total entertainment experience. Totally. I mean, that's why the Bulls still draw very well. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I'm happy that we're a part of it, and I'm happy that we do so well at it, you know, that people are that enthused to be there. Uh, your name is Christian Mata? Yeah, Christian Mata. Okay. So how did you uh, come up with your moniker? DJ, DJ Metro. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. So I used to be DJ Tiny. DJ I, Tiny. Yeah, that was my DJ name. And the same cousin who mentored me as a DJ was like, hey, I was 15, and so and the guy booking me at a club, I, I, yes, I used to DJ nightclubs at 15. He was like, hey, man, you might want to think about changing your name. DJ Tiny's not going to be really cool within no. a few years. <laughs> no, so... I, you know, I, I was really fast and really into my, my physique as a kid, and I was really strong for being such a little guy. Um, one day I was walking to uh, summer school because I failed, whatever I failed, and I was walking with Brian Paulson, and Brian, and there was this loud car coming down the street. We thought it was a semi truck. I mean, this thing was like shaking our souls, man. And turns out it was like a Geo Metro, like, Oh, I get it. It was like, I, th- I, you could hug this thing. It was so small, but it was so loud. And all day it was in my mind, like, could you believe that little car was so powerful? Like, it was shaking houses, legit. Wow. And I it, I kept playing it in my head, Geo Metro, Geo Metro. And I was like, man, DJ Metro, Metro, Metro City. Gotcha. Okay, we got to take a break. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit more about your career, a little bit more about Navy Pier. Great. So don't go away on Nocturnal Journal on WGN. There we go. Now DJ Metro taking over uh, the WGN Let me Airways. put my shirt back on. <laughs> and I think we have on the phone Payal Patel, Navy Pier spokesperson. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah. Hey, hi there. Thanks for joining us. 
You're just in exactly. time for the greatest party next to New Year's Eve. Yeah, I was jamming. I was jamming to that. <laughs> you, um, you know, I was. You know, I didn't think about this until I came to the studio tonight. But man, we have such a view of the pier. Have you been over here yet, pal? What? I have. Yes, I have. Yeah, it's just a. I'm looking at the at the Ferris wheel right now. It's all these different colors. It's just a. It's just a really, really tribute to Chicago from from um, our windows over here. So, um, handicap. We've been talking a little bit about, and I'm still curious what exactly the resolution ball is. What does that mean? Where does that name come from? Do you know? Well, resolution obviously has to do with New Year's Eve, yeah. and you know, people inform resolution. So, I think it has something to do with that. But yeah, it's the seventh annual Chicago Resolution Gala, and It'll be held in Navy Pier's historic Aeon Grand Ballroom on New Year's Eve, um, starting at 8.15. And it's just meant to be a really great time. People really enjoy dancing the night away, you know, everything from obviously live music by DJ Metro to uh, an extraordinary food spread and um, 30 bars, I'm told, and then a private space on the Lakeview Terrace to watch the fireworks show at midnight. So it's quite the extravaganza for sure. And how is that different from the um, there's a Crystal Gardens New Year's Eve party, right? Right. Yeah. So, so the, what the, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, the Crystal Gardens New Year's Eve party um, is obviously held in Navy Pier's uh, unique botanical setting, um, and that's further west of the Aon Grand Ballroom, and that's where you know people also get to enjoy a live music from there as well. There are twenty premium bars there, um, also access to a lakefront terrace for fire, fireworks. Fireworks viewing, excuse me, but um, yeah, it's it's two kind of major parties on the pier, among many others that we have going on pier wide. It's the thirteenth anniversary for the Crystal Gardens New Year's Eve party. It is, yeah, yeah. they'll be the thirteenth year that they're hosting this, and so um, it's you know been kind of a an iconic party, kind of going on for for a while now, and it's a it's become a tradition for New Year's Eve. Definitely, and both of the parties are must hits. It starts at nine o'clock, goes to one thirty a.m. Correct. Yeah, and ticket packages information for both of them are uh, available online at navypeer.org. So, um, I encourage folks who still don't have plans for New Year's Eve to go to Navy Pier's website and look into those party options among some of the others. We also have boat cruises. Um, Entertainment Cruises has a fleet of uh, fireworks dinner cruises that take off um, from Navy Pier. There's the Odyssey, the Spirit of Chicago, Mystic Blue. So quite a few options if you want to celebrate on the water. Uh, For both you guys, uh, how many, uh, from what you've seen, I mean, how many people come to this from the Chicago area? How how much of a tourist draw is this? People from the Midwest? I mean, uh, it's Chicago's top New Year's Eve destination. So talk about who comes to this. Yeah, I mean, I, um, honestly, oh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I want to just say, you know, I, I it's been my fifth year there. I, I want to say, uh, and I've always had giant groups, and I mean giant groups of people ranging from anywhere from six to twenty um, that have come down from Ohio, that have come down from Green Bay, that have come down from you name it. I mean, uh, I I had a couple say that they were here um, from Jamaica. And they mm. just Googled what to do New Year's Eve, and, and they landed at, at being at Aeon Grand Ballroom with us. And, uh, you know, I got to say, they it seemed like they had an amazing time. It seems like everybody that comes through has an amazing time. Pal? Yeah, I would just echo that. I mean, honestly, our guests come from everywhere. Um, it's 
quite the New Year's Eve destination where we've become known for our celebrations, but quite a a few locals, too. I mean, it's um, kind of been a go-to for a lot of local folks as well. A lot of my friends um, in the past have gotten to to a lot of New Year's Eve, um, you know, events and and, uh, festivities. And so it's a whole mix of people. Uh, having grown up here, and, and I've written about the pier in past years, there's, and we can talk about this, there's a perception that maybe not many locals go there. Oh, I mean, no, it, that is that not, is not true. That, that perception is not true. Oh, no. Oh, no. Elaborate on that. Oh, man. I mean, it, I, I'm, I'm 31. I can't think of a time from when I was like 10 years old all the way up until high school, college, that I didn't want to be at the pier with my friends and you know sure there's a million people there legit there's a million people on the pier and they might they might range you know let let's call it half of that is locals that is not a small amount uh-huh. you know that's a huge amount of people yeah. to come see some fireworks you know and and enjoy the atmosphere it's almost like you know it's exactly like payal said it, it's a it's a tradition it's just one of the chicago traditions that you, that you have you know new york city mm-hmm. has their 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 cute ball drop and all that thing but chicago we we really know how to do it and navy pier is the place to do it at again pay off sure. I mean, I, I, go ahead oh yeah and no, i was just going to add that you know a lot of people don't know this but according to our stats more than 60 percent of our demographic our guests are from the chicagoland area so we welcome more than nine million guests every year and right. more than 60 percent of them are from the chicagoland area so it's definitely a myth that it's not a place for locals and now we have year-round programming that caters to them from early morning yoga um, classes to fitness classes and then live concerts and all that going on throughout the year that lots of locals are yeah, coming out for. absolutely i'm still okay. a fan okay can you guys hang on we're going to take a break don't go sure. away DJ Metro here uh, for the Chicago Bulls. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal. <laughs> and Payal Patel uh, from the Navy Pier on the phone. Thanks for joining us, both of you. On a, I know it's a busy, busy uh, Saturday night. Um, Payal, talk about the uh, the uh, Winter Wonderfest. People can do that right now, right? They can go to there tomorrow, right? That's open? Oh, yeah, it's open. It's been open since November 30th, right. and we are running all the way through January 6th. Um, so it's the 18th annual Fifth Third Bank Winter Wonderfest and 170,000 square feet of entertainment for all ages. We've got everything from the ice skating rink indoors to bumper cars to an express train. Um, so truly, it's a wonderful way to celebrate the holidays and the winter without having to step out in the cold to do so. So lots of fun. And tickets are also available at NavyPeer.org for that. NavyPeer.org. Is that the best place to go for all this, to find out more information? It sure is. Yep. Yep, all the information, all the ticket purchasing can happen right through that website. And for our listeners, because a lot of people listen to the show from all over, uh, what's just a range? What's the cheapest somebody can go to something there? I mean, stuff is free. And then what's what's the high ticket? Yeah, so there, like you said, there are a lot of things that are free. We just welcomed a new art installation um, that's uh, available on the South Dock. And so um, it's called Passage, and it's by Sergei Mahu, and it's, basically um, loops, like giant loops that people can walk through, and it makes sounds and forms lights and patterns. And so it's definitely something you need to go out there and experience for yourself. So we've got free attractions like that. 
We've got our iconic Centennial Wheel. So if you're going to the pier, that's a must-ride attraction for sure. Um, How much does it cost to, to, get, to get on that? So tickets are around uh, $15. Okay. But um, if you purchase a ticket for the Fifth Third Bank Winter Wonderfest, it's free. So um, you can uh, go to both, you know, attractions, and it's a two-for-one deal. So definitely take advantage of that while the Fifth Third Bank Winter Wonderfest is going on. Bang, bang. Yeah. I love I love anything buy two, get one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah buy one, get For two. Sure. Are you kidding me? I like talking exactly. sports on here. And I, I told you, pal, I, I think it's fascinating. You were a director of public relations for the NFL Players Association, Chicago chapter. I was. That's and you worked right. on the NFL draft. So talk about, I'm real interested in what you did there and any of that was applicable to what you're doing now. Well, yeah, sure. So, I mean, you know, sports is very events-driven. Um, it's very high-paced, energetic, and that same type of energy is existing at Navy Pier. It's, we're also very events-driven. And so a lot of that has translated over and something that I personally enjoy. Um, and I, I love anything, um, working around anything that brings people joy, you know, and sports brought people joy, and so does um, Navy Pier and all the events and attractions that we have there, all of our partners on the pier as well. We've got so many Chicago-based experiences throughout the pier. And so it's a lot of it just feels the same. It's very Chicago, and that's what I love about it. You've got Billy Goat, again, for listeners, uh, a new Navy Pier 101 type of food things. You've got Billy Goat Tavern, uh, Terry Carey's mm-hmm. Tavern, our friend Jimmy Buffett. He's, Bubba Gump. <laughs> Giordano's is out there, right? Giordano's yeah. is out there. Lots of iconic establishments. Yeah, yeah we've got a few Let Us Entertain You restaurants from Big City Chicken to, um, you know, uh, we've got... Frankie's Pizza by the Slice, and then we've got Freshy, and so some of the smaller establishments that you can walk right up to, and then some sit-downs like Tiny Tavern, and um, which is fairly new. I think we, we introduced that one in late 2016. Um, so if you haven't been to Navy Pier in the past couple of years, you need to come down. It's completely different. It looks different. Um, it's very, you know, Chicago-centered, and so I think Chicagoans would be really proud of how far we've come after 100 years now. And... Um what about plans uh, for the future? What 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 about future development there, and um, what's on the, what's on tap for the future at Navy Pier? Oh yeah, it's such an exciting time. So we've got a hotel on the horizon. If you right. haven't heard, yeah. So that's uh, coming twenty twenty. But we've uh, our construction's underway right now. It's gonna be a seven story hotel around two hundred twenty rooms. Um, so it's definitely not a bad view um, from any of those rooms, as you can imagine. It's out on the lake, and so. Uh, can you just imagine staying there for New Year's Eve in 2020? You're going to basically celebrate on the pier and, you know, head up to your rooms and still enjoy that lakefront view. Wow. wow. I already reserved my room. <laughs> I don't know. What the, you guys are late to the game, yeah. let me tell you. I made exactly. some calls. <laughs> and what about parking? The listeners, I was asking you this afternoon when I talked to you, does that flyover, the new flyover, does, does it give any more accessibility for people who might want to walk over there or even in the winter ride their bike over there? Yeah, there's so many ways to get to the pier. I, I always joke that you can get to the pier in every way possible except for flying. Yeah. Um, as of right now, you never know in the future. <laughs> but as of right now, I mean, we've got everything from CTA, um, a bus stop that pulls out right in front of the pier. 
So we're accessible by um, CTA and then obviously rideshare, uh, Lyft and Uber points throughout the pier that are conveniently located at many entrances. So it's easy to be picked up and dropped off. And, um, you know, Lyft just named us as one of the top rideshare destinations in Chicago for 2018. So um, it's definitely something that people take advantage of. And then parking is always an option as well. And so we've got two garages, one on the west side, one on the east side, and it's very convenient to park and go enjoy the pier for the entire day. And you get a good bang for your buck, you know. Have you guys ever um, looked at, um, I'm sure they have, uh, oh, you know, like look at what they've done in Baltimore with the waterfront or even when you travel personally, uh, both of you guys, and come back with an idea or a, a concept that you see somewhere else the way they use water and, and these things? Um, you know, uh, personally, yeah, I've been everywhere and everywhere that I, I'm like, you guys need to step it up. I'm, I gotta be honest, Chicago's got to be, it got, got everybody beat. <laughs> or maybe I'm just biased, <laughs> just a little. And maybe Pierce where it's at, man. I'm yeah. sorry. I've yeah. never, like, I've been, <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been to a lot of places. Uh, I mean, aside from going to a different country and seeing, you know, the Australia waterfront, Navy Pier, yo, Navy Pier's gorgeous. There's nothing like Navy Pier. If you're from Chicago and you don't take pride in Navy Pier, come over here and look at what I'm looking at. Yeah, the view. <laughs> it's incredible, man. <laughs> It's incredible. Oh, it makes me so happy to hear him say that. (laughs) Thanks, Christian. Appreciate it. Yo, this is our city. This is our pier. It's gorgeous. Same thing, pal. I mean, are you a native? Are you a native or not? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. You went to Marquette, though. I know that. You got to be excited about their basketball team, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're we're in a really good place, and I'm really excited because it's been a while. I I think the last time we were good was when I was there, um, which was a long time ago. So so happy that we're, we're, you know, in good shape now. But, yeah, other other than that, I went to Milwaukee to attend Marquette um, for college, but otherwise I've been born and raised in Chicago, came right back afterwards, and have been here ever since, and there's... In my opinion, and again, I'm sure I sound biased as well, but no greater city in the world. And we're so proud to reflect so much of what that represents at Navy Pier. Um, yeah, and there's the uh, same thing I'm born and raised here. And as, as DJ Metro just uh, illustrated, there's so much pride. There's so much pride from natives toward, toward, this, toward this city. Yeah, there really man, is. Of yeah. course. Friendly city. It's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's gorgeous. It's amazing. Okay, let's walk around and uh, just do the wrap-ups here on People Can Find You. So when will you next be at the United Center, DJ Metro? Can I call you DJ? Of course, man. Yeah. Call me whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, next Bulls games are going to be January 6th and... And January 19th. Yeah, those are going to be my games. Other than that, my guys will be taking so over. So you do me. have like a rotation of DJs That's right. And stuff. It's, a, it's a team. You know, teamwork makes the dream work on every situ- and every situation when it comes to entertainment. So it's myself, DJ Flipside, J-Funk, and our boy Marquee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Marquee. And um, do you ever go to any Windy City Bulls games? Myself? See what, see what they're doing out there? I, I've been there. I'm tr- So is Sammy. <laughs> I, God, I gotta find a moment. That's yeah. the truth. I've gotta find a moment to go. I'm so like... I'm a big I'm a big Hoops fan, so no, I've been to two this year. Do you need to see DJ Metro at the Windy City yeah. Bulls games? That's I, what we need to see. I thought, you, I thought you were gonna say you need to see DJ Metro play some games. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. Put me in, coach. <laughs> And uh, Pal, thanks so much. I know of a, I know it's a Saturday night, so thanks for joining us on the phone. And just give us the wrap up how people can find out more about New Year's Eve at Navy Pier. 
Yeah, of course. So like I said, go to Navy Pier's website at NavyPier.org. All the information about New Year's Eve is there. Don't forget that at midnight, we're going to have the Navy Pier New Year's Eve fireworks show presented by Miller Lite, which is synchronized to music. It's 15 minutes long, and it's the longest fireworks display in the city. So there's no better place to watch it than on our lakefront from Navy Pier. You can either come just to watch it from the pier, or you could attend some of the parties that are happening all across the pier. And of course, catch DJ Metro at the Anne Grand Ballroom, the Resolution Gallery. I'm going to make a resolution to go see you at the Resolution. Man, you should. You know what? You're my guest. I'll please put him down plus one, plus plus five <laughs> bottles of Done. champagne. Me, me and Sammy will go. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys are forgetting about the good one. Man. Yeah. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are on the list. Not mine, because you're not going to get in on that one. You're on payoffs. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Happy New Year to both of you. Uh, We're going to take a break here, and we'll be back with our dear friend Aubrey Mumpower. We're going to talk about his career here at uh, WGN, so don't go away. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGN. Get your tape recorders ready. We're going to get Chicago uh, radio history here with our dear friend, Aubrey Mumpower. Uh, the recorders I- have been disabled here. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Uh, I haven't known you. I've been with me for four years here. A broadcast engineer since 1986 at WGN. You're going to be retiring at the end of the year, so you can go over to Navy Pier and enjoy all that stuff over there. Man, I really want to get into your whole history, but you've got a background. Talk about your roots in Dallas and in Cheyenne. It's it's like a movie. So so talk Uh, about your beginnings with your family and radio. I was born in Dallas. I was going to start the thing out. It was a long, hot night in Texas. (laughs) I was two weeks late. (laughs) My mother was desperate. Anyway, after I was born, two weeks later, we moved to Wyoming. And that's essentially where I was raised until 18 when I came to Chicago. My dad worked on the railroads. We lived all over the country, uh, Los Angeles, Denver, Aspen, places in Dallas. But Cheyenne was the main main deal what railroad what railroad did he work for uh, what did he do union pacific and uh he was a fireman and engineer he drove the train and he was hoping i'd do that someday too he was yeah but i almost did but and they hired me too but my chief engineer here in chicago wouldn't let me go <laughs> <laughs> he says if you leave you can't come back <laughs> what was your dad's name uh evie mumpower ernie mumpower ernie mumpower yeah and uh I mean, so, I mean, radio is in your blood. Maybe after the news we'll get into what you do here, what exactly a broadcast engineer does, but your grandmother had a cooking show on the radio in Dallas in the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. What, what what was that about? Well, she'd just get on there and talk like Julia Child for 30 minutes, and they'd do a cooking show every day on one of the Dallas stations. And one thing I, I hadn't looked into but and can't find out too much about it, my uncle who was 30 years older than my dad. It was kind of a mixed-up family back then. He had a string of theaters from Dallas to El Paso. And back in those days, they didn't have Hollywood, and they didn't have much going on here in Chicago either. And these theater owners would go out and shoot their own movies. They were silent, mostly. And uh, he lived on the Texas-Mexico border. And so he'd get a lot of his Mexican friends together, and they'd have a war and film it, and that would be the movie. Wow. 
And wow. So it was, it, was, it was pretty low budget, but he didn't live very long, but he uh, he uh, did all right, you know, for his age and kept him busy. And then your mother sang on radio in the she, 1950s. She sang on the radio, yeah, in, in, in one of those church shows back when those were public service shows. You didn't have to buy time. So I was exposed to it. I was always near a control room, yeah, whether it be broadcast or, or the church. So did she sing gospel? Um, yeah. Gospel. And your mother's name? Martha. Martha. So, it, it, yeah, like you just said, it was this, this business and the magic of radio was just in your floats and jets. It was I, just always around you. I was always, always attracted to the equipment. And uh, growing up as a preteen and a teenager, I, I listened to WLS a lot back when they had changed in formats. But even before they changed, you could get the, the 50,000-watt stations out of Chicago out in Cheyenne like they were local stations when the sun would go down. So I was attracted to that. Which I, you can do with this station. Uh, oh, yeah, you can get WGN there. Yeah. Uh, not not like the old days, but you can still get it out there. Yeah. You're the one who, when I when I first came on here, you told me the 38 states, yeah. Mexico and Canada thing. Yeah, don't, don't make any mistakes. You get hate mail from around the world. <laughs> what, does a, uh, what does a broadcast engineer do? When they say broadcast engineer, what, what, what are your no, duties with me? I mean, you've helped me not make too many mistakes here. And <laughs> well, it's kind of broken down. You know, part of it's operating the equipment, and, uh, and they don't always have engineers doing that, but... Another part would be design and maintenance of the equipment and the facilities. And I've been here through uh, three facilities. They hired me here when they moved back downtown to Tribune Tower. So I helped out building the studios over there. And uh, they're very efficient about it. The chief engineer says, this is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to do it. <laughs> where were I don't even know where were they at before uh, Tribune Tower? Uh, Bradley. Place, they were at Bradley Place, which is up uh, yeah Addison and Western area yeah, where the television station is. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and in the old old days, they were down here in their own building in Tribune Tower. Um, I know we've talked. I mean, how did it feel to disassemble the Tribune Tower uh, studio and come over here? I didn't have to do that. That uh -huh. was somebody else's job, but. Uh, it was it, it was heartbreaking, but you, you knew all the work that went into it to design an old analog facility, which oh, we probably had 50 miles of audio cable strung around. The 50 place. miles of audio cable. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. It's all all digital now. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, you can have multiple signals just going down a network line now. So, in layman's terms, um, designing a studio, what? What goes into it? What? How do you make a good studio? I'll make, make two or three bad ones first. <laughs> uh, what we had over at Tribune Tower was very nice for what it was, and we kind of outgrew it in many ways. And and, a lot, and it was big. It was really spread apart. It took up the whole floor, first floor of the Tribune Tower. And so we rebuilt Studio D, the Showcase Studio. Showcase Studio, people know that. In 2001, I think it was. And, and that was quite an improvement over what we had. But what we had was pretty old technology, too, as far as uh, the audio boards and the playback equipment. We had a, um, a traffic board hanging on the wall that was uh, 
controlled by some mainframe computer somewhere and it blew up i think the first year <laughs> we had it on so after that it was just wallpaper <laughs> growing up um around all this i want to talk about how this had to feed growing up in a world of radio and your and your parents and grandmother being involved with it how it fed your imagination i wanted to, i i first saw, saw chicago when i was 14 years old yeah. we, we went to the world's fair we drove out to new york and then I had so you're back, talking about the New York World's Fair. Yeah, yeah, I had to go back to Cheyenne. Um, I'm not sure if it was a new, maybe it's one up in Canada in Montreal. I got the two mixed. Oh, up. Expo '67. That would have been Expo '67. Well, anyway, yeah. I, I think the, the one we went to in New York was '64. '67 is New York World's Fair. Right? Um, so anyway, I had to take the train back to Cheyenne for some reason, and we had a layover in Chicago, and. Uh, so I spent the afternoon at LaSalle Street Station, but I, I went out and explored. The one thing I wanted to do was go to WLS and meet and see Dick Biondi and Art Roberts and those, those guys that I was growing up with. And uh, I didn't see them, but I, I met some pretty girls there and we hung around the station for a while anyway. And I got a couple of new pen pals out of the deal. And from that point on, I, I went back and forth between uh, Cheyenne and Chicago and Got my feet wet, uh, learning the er what an urban area was like. The 60s and, and that rock and roll radio, that was, I mean, I did the same thing. I mean, uh, you would come, I've talked about this on the show before, I mean, you'd come down and Larry Lujek would be working on Saturday morning at WLS, and I think CFL was at Marina City. Yeah, yeah. And they were, in a town like Chicago, they were celebrities. They certainly were and are. Yeah. Um, I wanted to work with Dick Biondi and Art Roberts, so I wanted to come out here. And you got me. Get, 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 into, get, into, get into one of those big stations. And the station I was working for in Cheyenne, they were they didn't want me to leave. They said, well, they won't let you in the front door in Chicago. Those are powerhouses. They, they're seeking professionals, not losers like you. So, but I, after I got out of high school, I came out here. We went through the phone book, and I went to four radio stations and one TV station. And uh, I had offers from all of them, but I had experience in television, three years' experience in television in Cheyenne already, so I wound up at Channel 26. WCIU-TV. Which is a whole new, different book. Yeah. <laughs> you started there in... Uh, 67. 67, and you were there until January of 86? Yeah, yeah. And that, I mean, we'll, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that after the break, but that's 16 different languages on that? On, that on the weekend, yeah, yeah. I learned to cuss in sixteen different languages. And what did you? What all did you do there? When you uh, typical engineering work, uh, videotape, telephone, transmitter, technical director, switcher—they call it audio. Um, Somebody said your skill there was—you you did almost the impossible with nothing. I mean, yeah. Well, they were—they were very understanding over there. When we'd have, go into union negotiations, Howard would say, "Well." We'll give you anything you want as long as it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of typical of the business back then, just for trying to survive. But survive they did. And now they're a success story here in Chicago and around the world. For but that going to your roots, um, you really, uh, your love was really always radio. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then so you came here, and then we'll, we'll take a break uh, for, the, for the news here. But 
Um, but uh, you built a new radio station in, in Tribune Tower, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Okay. So, okay. so don't go away uh, on Nocturnal Journal with our friend uh, Aubrey Mumpower. Good job. Did, did, you, ever, Rob, did you ever have talents who would put the hand uh, hand over their ear like that, like Gary Owens used to do on Laughing? And, well, before headphones, yeah. Yeah, that was what they would do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wanted to do, uh, we got a few more minutes with you. Uh, Aubrey Mumpower, our beloved broadcast engineer who is retiring at the end of the month. Um, Talk about your greatest hits. We were talking about just really interesting experiences in radio or television. Different things that have happened. We were talking about so many different things. and Some of it we can even talk about here. (laughs) But the the one I remember that sticks out in my mind is we we had shows like Marty Fay's show. Marty Fay, yeah. Field End Interview. Uh, Ted Weber in Old Town, John and the Angels shows like that. I think it was Marty Fay's show. We had a circus bear <laughs> come up for some reason or other, and they they do tricks and stuff like that. And then um, as we were leaving, we had a dedicated elevator from the 43rd floor to the first floor. And they just kind of, this bear was pretty tame, and they just kind of not really caring or paying any attention, they dropped the leash on him, and when the elevator opened up, the bear charged into the interview, uh, into into the elevator, and uh, the door slammed shut, and the thing went down to the first floor. Just with the bear in the elevator. With the bear in it. So the people waiting down to the first floor for the elevator, the doors opened up, and they looked in there and said, well, I'm not going in there. <laughs> so the doors slammed shut, and the elevator goes all the way back up to the 43rd floor again. Real briefly, talk who Marty Fay was. I mean, I, Oh, Marty yeah. Fay. Um, he, he would sell vacuum cleaners on, on, on the air, and uh, Howard Shapiro ran a furniture store as well. Uh, and Howard Shapiro was? They, uh, he eventually wound up controlling Channel 26. Mm-hmm. We had uh, John Weigel and then Bill O'Connor, an announcer here at WGN in those days, in the 50s, and Howard Shapiro, which owned uh, CET. Um, you could buy a television set at CET, and when you watched it, you'd have to put quarters in this quarter meter bank for, I guess is a quarter for 15 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that. And that's how they paid for the TV sets. Wow. So wow. That, that was the business model. And uh, Weigel got the, Weigel and those, they got the station on the air, the transmitter in the space in the Board of Trade building, and it probably cost them $50,000 for the whole thing. But after that, it was, it was trying to decide, well, what do we do with this? And they uh, they played old shows like December Bride and Our Miss Brooks and uh, Dobie Gillis, shows like that. And, um, and then eventually we got into ethnic programming, and especially heavy into Spanish, because all the other stations ignored that, like it didn't exist. Yeah. And, uh, and but we did have ethnic radio, which was, which they had a guaranteed audience for everything that we, they did, and, and when we went ethnic, uh, we did too, and uh, people laughed at us then. As long as there's no market for that, as well, we think there is. Wow. <laughs> so, we, wow. so we stayed with it. And Don Cornelius started Soul Train there. Yeah, uh, right. he was saying. Uh, I'm going to have me a dance show, just like Big Bill Hill. And we'd all Big Bill laugh. Hill, yeah. Yeah, we all laughed at him. Says, well, we've already got Big Bill Hill and Kitty and Go-Go and 
you know, they're doing all right, but, you know, one more show, it's not going to make a difference. He says, no, really, I got Coca-Cola and Sears. They're going to sign on to it. We're going we're gonna to do it. And sure enough, he did. Yeah. And the rest is history. Yeah, people really underestimated some of those emerging demographics in yeah, the city of Chicago. Exactly, you know? Yeah, yeah. What are you gonna What are you gonna do in your retirement? Oh, I don't know. I'll probably just hang around for a week until somebody calls me back to work somewhere. <laughs> so, so, could you stop by just for a couple of minutes and point to what we got to do and just put it X, you know, in the general area where we have to work? But I, I don't know. I'll probably kill some time for a month or two, and I, I'll probably head out west, maybe ski. Yeah, do, I was going to ask you. Do you still have family out there? And no, uh, I lost my parents a few years back. Yeah. They're in their nineties, and yeah. I've got one brother. He's in Denver, and uh, he's a little bit younger than I am. Well, the reason I asked that about family and when they were alive, um, you talked earlier in the interview about uh, well, they didn't know about you coming, you know, especially peers coming to the big city of Chicago. What was the feeling like with your family and friends when you made it here? My dad wanted me to work on the railroad, and I said, well, I'd, I'd give it a try, but the, the, working on the railroad uh, back then, you could count on 20 years of, you'd, you'd establish your seniority, and when you worked, you made a lot of money, but then you'd get laid off for two or three months or six months, and that's why we had to move all over the place, And but we'd eventually wind up back in Cheyenne, I didn't want to go through that, and I'm just in love with radio. I wanted to... I wanted to be able to talk fast and be funny like like those guys that you'd hear on WLS, you know. You've got a great nocturnal voice. You've got that soft-spoken <laughs> unit. Well, I've, I've done very little radio. And the, the one time I did it in Cheyenne, the, the boss man called me and he says, you are banned from radio for life. Why? Did you say something that you can't yeah. say here? No, he said I was too funny. Oh, really? <laughs> but... I was I wasn't too funny, you know. I was, my mistakes were funny because uh-huh. uh, yeah. I I didn't know what I was doing. I was filling in for. I, I worked back in television. I did voiceover for if a tape would break, then I'd I'd, had, I'd follow along in the copy book and I'd have to read it live. And some things we did live anyway, like the the obituaries. Those were live every day, and. Uh, They'd sabotage, my crewmates would sabotage the copy. And I'd get copy like a Joe Blow died with his boots on, he didn't know the gun was loaded, stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I'd have to do that straight. And they go, no, 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 that's, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> and now the weather brought to you by Conoco, the hottest brand going. So I did stuff like that. But the radio thing, I'd, I'd have Barbara Streisand and Andre Consolanitz on the two turntables and I'd introduce one and play the other, and so it would be the wrong one. I'd go, well, that's not it. So I'd I'd turn the turntable off, and it would slowly coast to a stop on the air, and then I went to the other record and wowed that. And it just is comedy of errors, and I guess it's it's were you know there's a lot to do. I mean, it's I'm a print journalist, as you know, and you know I I, I write a story and go back and edit it. But even for these little two hours, and I mean, you got to you know f- fly by the seat of your pants, and it is live, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is live. You got you always got to remember that because if you if you do something wrong and say the wrong thing or the wrong word, and you think, oh, we're just taping this, so we're okay. You can edit that out later, and the director will go, no, we're live too. So, yeah, so, so it's too late. What are you What are you going to miss the most about this? Uh, seeing the technology evolve from what it has, 
When I first got into the business, everything was tubes. Television was black and white, not very good black and white at that. We'd, we'd need thousands of watts of lighting just so you could see people. Which and if the air conditioning wasn't working, you were in big trouble. Yeah. And uh, now, when you look, we not we not only have nice equipment, but we have a good view too. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times, uh, the radio station was kind of relegated to the broom closet. Right. And the TV got the priority as far as the space in the building, and the radio station would be down the hall in the room with the mops hanging on. <laughs> Well, radio, I don't need to tell you this. It just You do have a very unique uh, relationship with, with the listener. It's very, very personal. Yeah. You know? And I've learned that in the four years I hear. I, I, really, I, I really think about the people listening to the show, and especially on a Saturday night, connecting with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really unique. It remains unique. So, and that's the trick is to engage people, yeah. you know, one by one. Yeah. And uh, but there's all different kinds of ways, you know. We're we're here to persuade, to indoctrinate, to sell soap, you know, whatever we have to do. And and so there's a lot lot of ideas on the radio. And you can there's a, there's a lot of power in sound, you know. If I, they did a Kathy and Judy did a thing. Says you want to see how powerful radio is, and uh, Kathy goes. Come on, you want to go outside? I want to go outside. And he's talking you know, like he'd talk to a dog, you know, before you take him outside. And we, we must have had a hundred callers mad because their their dog piddled on the floor by the front door. So excited to get out of the so excited to get out of the house. And uh, you know, I'd, I've I've worked with people that would uh, yell at their cats, you know, on the on the air. Says, "Get out from there! Don't eat that! <laughs> Leave her alone!" <laughs> Well, Aubrey, thanks for all your help. Thank thanks you. for uh, walking me through this. I, oh. I know a little bit more now, but I'm not, you know. Uh, yeah, we, we scratched the surface. I was kind of scared to get too deep into it because in Chicago, I had a lot of experiences here. But I'm so glad I came to Chicago, and it's, it's my hometown now. And I could go back to Cheyenne, and I could go back to Aspen, but it'll only be for visiting. Yeah. Well, I'm going to miss you. Well, I'll miss you too, but you know, don't count your chickens yet. Every other time they've gotten rid of me, it's always like maybe a week later I'm I'm back here again. So, okay, all right. Thanks, Aubrey Mumpower. Your Prince of Men men will be back with Dirty Ditties. You can help with that. Help yeah, I'll be here. With, okay, so I'll don't be. go away on Nocturnal Journal. There was an old farmer who lived on a rock. He sat in the meadow just shaking his fist at some boys who were down by the creek. Their feet in the water, their hands on their marbles and playthings. And at half past four, there came a young lady. She looked like a pretty young creature. She sat on the grass. She pulled up her dress and she showed them her ruffles and laces and white fluffy duck. She said she was learning a new way to bring up her children so they would not spit. And while the boys in the barnyard were shoveling refuse and litter from yesterday's hunt, while the girl in the meadow was rubbing her eyes at the fella down by the dock. He looked like a man with a sizable home in the country with a big fence out front. If he asked her politely, she'd show him her little pet dog that was subject to fits. And maybe she'd let him grab hold of her small tender hands with a movement so quick. 
and then she'd bend over and suck on his candy so tasty made of butterscotch and then he'd spread whipped cream all over her cookies that she had left out on her shelf if you think this is dirty you can go bleep yourself there you go. Welcome, welcome back to our uh, Melvina. Melvina service. Thank you. you. You've never been to our new studio, so never. thanks. Never. And this is now, yeah, you got to walk me through the, the map here. The, the name of the band we have in the studio today is Melina. Melvina. Yeah. Pol- actually, it's Polina, Melvina, and Lund. They'll sound like Chicago Street yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Like they are. Pop- We're they named always- after, oh, actually, no. Those are our real names. Yeah. <laughs> they just happen to be the same names as certain streets in Chicago. Yeah. What a coincidence. <laughs> and uh, tell, introduce the band okay. and who, what you're playing. Well, we're called Dirty Ditties. Okay. And we perform the first Thursday of the month at Under the Gun Theater, 956 West Newport in Chicago. That's in Wrigleyville. That's a new uh, venue for you. Yes, it's a new Since venue for us. We've got a six-month run of which we've already used up two of our our months hopefully will be extended and our next show is thursday january 2nd and you can find us on the web at uh com. and uh tell, tell us who you are the band members how you doing i'm uh, pablo polina aka narciso lobo it's a thrill to be here at WGN, um, kind of my home network because uh, my late brother-in-law, Randy Salerno, got his start here, so it feels great to be here. Thanks for having well, us. Well, good for you. It's, we've got a little bit of history going on That's here. Right, Aubrey and, uh, That's right, sir. Aubrey and right. Randy. And David, I know you uh, uh, from yeah. before. Right, right. Well, I'm Thurston Lunt as my stage name. Yeah. Um, we're all good friends here. We play really, really sexy, vulgar, and shocking music, and um, it's just a great show. We need you to come out and enjoy our um, our shocking stuff. Um, I'm also a dentist right. from the Edgewater Beach area. Been there for 35 years and enjoy the the great neighborhood we have over there. And you play so, drums and bongos. You brought bongos yes, tonight. Yeah. Had bongos tonight. I, yeah, I'm a drummer um, by trade. And um, when people come to see you. Live? Are you on regular yeah. drums? Full drum kit. Okay. And you're on ukulele. I play the ukulele. That's correct. And, okay. And, and now your your tagline. If we if we can talk about this, um, just get the listeners a handle on it, especially that last song you did, which is very clever. Thank you. Thank you for keeping it clean. Yes. The only musical group in the universe dedicated to vulgar material. Well, we think we are. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We could Google it and find out otherwise, but for now, we think we're the only ones. And how did you form, and how did you guys come up with that idea? Well, I um, first met Chris Biddle, who is our producer and good friend, many years ago. Well, not that many, like nine years ago. I was busking in Lincoln Square, playing the accordion. And he came up to me and busking. Now you were busking. you're just like in the yeah, park or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, street right, right. performing uh, for tips. And he came up to me and he said, "You know, you're really good. Um, would you like to do a show that I'm producing?" And I'm like rolling my eyes and saying, "Yeah, sure, anytime." But then um, 
about a month later, I got an email from him, and every word was spelled correctly. <laughs> and he asked me if I want to do his show, and he says, I produce burlesque shows. And I'm like, yeah, right, I'm doing that. I don't think so. But he let me play a character named Luminitsa Ardellan, which means Luminitsa the Transylvanian. So I got to be glamorous and wear false eyelashes in a Romanian uh, outfit. And I did that, but then that uh, eventually devolved into a character named Velma Claptrap. I remember her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who wore a big blue March Simpson type wig and a mismatched um, leopard print outfit. And that was with Kiss Kiss Cabaret. And um, so uh, I don't do that character anymore because now I'm with Bim Bam Boom, which is Chris Biddle's company. And I do the... So that's the umbrella company? Uh, It... It is now. Bim uh-huh. Bam Boom is the umbrella for Dirty Ditties okay. and Peep Show and Nerdlesque, which are three. Nerdlesque? Nerdlesque, I miss, yes. I missed that. That's burlesque with a nerdy um, superhero type um, slant to it. And so they who, perform, I believe it's at headquarters Beercade. Is is that right, guys? I'm not sure. Well, so. okay, I'm just going to say yes, it, it is, because I, yeah, yeah, that's where they perform. And I believe it's um, a couple times a month, but uh, you got to go on the website and check it out, bimbamboom or bimbamburly.com. I don't know what to call you. CISO? I mean, what should I call you? CISO is good. It's Thank good. you much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How'd you, find, how'd you find these guys, or did they find you? Well, a good friend of mine is one of the dancers with uh, Bim Bam Burley, and um, we uh, came up with an act together, and she based it on one of my original songs. And so uh, that's how I met Chris Biddle, and he came to the, uh, he, he was uh, doing that show, and I played a song, and he enjoyed how I, uh, uh, what I was singing, and how I played it, my little ukulele, and so... He asked me uh, to fill in for one of the guys who uh, moves to the West Coast for the winter. And uh, I decided to go ahead and do that because um, I don't want to bring the show down at all, but I fought cancer all of 2017 last year. Yeah, yeah. And I beat it so far. Knock on wood, if there's any wood around here. Oh, my ukulele. Just just my head. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, after that, you know what got through, what uh, really got me through that whole fight was having an attitude of gratitude. And I decided after I was done beating cancer that I was going to keep that attitude of gratitude going and do things that help me foster that that in myself. So things that make me happy, you know, I quit my job. <laughs> yeah, right. That's good. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm going to school now for something that I I really love to do, uh, full stack web development, and uh, I play the ukulele as much as I can, and uh, that's that's going to be my my credo going forward. Yeah, that was my follow up question, which was obvious. I mean, that did change your life. It really that, that bout yeah. with cancer. Yeah, yeah you realized yeah. what was important. Exactly. Yeah. You know, after cancer, there they are gifted days. Every day is a gifted day, and you're not going to spend one of them being miserable. Yeah. And the ukulele, 
it's kind of a fun instrument. Talk it really about is. how'd you pick up yeah. the ukulele? How long have you been Well, playing? I went into the Old Town School of Folk Music and I saw one hanging on the wall. I picked one down and started strumming. I, I was a guitar player previously and it just felt right, man. Uh, I it's a portable instrument. You just smile when you you hear it. You when you when you hear somebody play it and sing, you just smile and that's that's what I want to be a part of. You're too young for uh for Tiny Tim. Right? Oh, no, I remember Tiny Tim. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He, he did I'm, that whole bit. I'm a lot older than I look. Yeah. It's the Filipino blood. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break for David Jennings and the news in a little bit. We're just going to take a break now. Okay, Sammy. All right, we'll be back after this on WGN. Well, I packed my bags and bought myself a ticket for the land of the tall palm trees. Aloha, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. I just stepped off from the aeroplane when I heard her sing, Wacka wacka nukalika, wacka wacka nukalika. Would you like a hey, hey? Let's talk dirty in Hawaiian. Whisper in my ear. Kikapukamakawawahini are the words I long to hear. Lay your coconut on my tiki. Oh, what the heck, Muka Muka dear? Let's talk dirty in Hawaiian. Say the words I long to hear. It's a ukulele, Honolulu sunset. Listen to the grass skirts sway. Drinking rum from a pineapple out in Honolulu Bay. Well, the steel guitars are playing while she's talking with her hands. Gimme, gimme, okadoka, make a wish, I wanna poke a words I understand. Well, let's talk dirty in Hawaiian, whisper in my ear. Kikabukamakawawahini are the words I long to hear. Lay your coconut on the tiki. What the heck, mukumbuka dear? Let's talk dirty in Hawaiian, say the words I long to hear. Well, I bought a lot of junk with my moolah And I sent it to the folks back home Well, I never got the chance to dance the hula Well, I guess I should have known When you start talking to the sweet wahinis Out in the pale moonlight Okadoka, what is that? Anakaraka, sisbumbakas Hope I said it right Hey, let's talk dirty in Hawaiian, whisper in my ear. Kikapukamakawawahini are the words I long to hear. I'll lay your coconut on my tiki. 
Oh, I take a mooka mooka dear. Oh, let's talk dirty in Hawaiian. Say the words I long to hear. Oh, let's talk dirty in Hawaiian. Say the words I long to hear. Aloha. There you go. Welcome back to Nocturnal Journal on WGNX Dirty Ditties, specifically Paulina, Malvina, and Lunt. <laughs> you got it, Dave. <laughs> uh, that's a great song. That's I, I know it's John Prine. I want to it say is. it's a John Prine, Fred Kohler. I know Fred down in Nashville. It might be a co-write, but t- talk about it how might you, be a co-write. Yeah, yeah talk yeah. about how you uh, pick material and why you guys selected that. Well, that Besides one dirty. You know? Yeah, that one. You know, we, we're playing the dirtiest songs we know, and granted, that isn't very dirty, but it is safe for radio. Yeah, and it is a John Prine original. I'm not sure if it's a co-write, but man, he is Chicago's very own. So I really wanted to also to play that song for you tonight the way that i choose songs well um i check to see if they're um dirty and then i check to see if they're funny and if they check both boxes i bring it to the group and if they say cool and yeah let's do it i got a weird al song in my repertoire i do bleep in a box that was popularized <laughs> on snl that was uh, awesome <laughs> so uh it will be at the under the gun theater Correct. 56 west Newport in Wrigleyville, and your first show is a, uh, your next show is the second or the third? It's the third. It's the third. Eight yes. p.m. Eight p.m. Forty-five minutes of the dirtiest songs you know. <laughs> so handicap the show. Talk about what when people will come in and see what you know. How big is the entire band? How, talk, how the show? How does the show break down? Well, there's the three of us, yeah, and then we have an obnoxious um, MC who um, he's called Big Daddy Issues. Um, and his that's Chris Biddle, our producer, and he'll uh, announce us, and uh, he probably will be doing a couple of things with us, because there's a couple songs that we, we use him on, he's really good. And so we just get started with this real lilty tune, but it has three filthy words to it, and it's a sing-along. We can't say what the words are on the radio, Uh but um, we get the audience to sing along with us. The show hits you with a dirty ton of bricks right in the (laughs) face just as soon as it starts. So you're not not wondering what's going to happen after that first tune. And there, uh, at, at the new uh, venue, there's a full bar on site. So That's people can correct. drink and yeah, get, yeah, get dirty and yeah, drunk. They yeah. can uh, swill as much liquor as they want. Doctor. Yes. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Dave? You've been on the show, and um, you're a dentist, as you said. Yes, I am. So talk about your drumming, your blues, rock drumming, but uh, your patients, do they know about this? They do. Do um, they come see you? Especially? Yeah. They, uh, first of all, the office is laden with little drum kits everywhere. <laughs> so, I met Chris Biddle as a a um, emergency patient, and he oh, was really? David. You're a drummer. I said, if all these drum things are on your office. He said, yes, yes, I am. And he goes, Well, you know, I'm looking for a drummer for my um, production company. And I said, well, I'm your man. So we, that's how we got started too. Yeah. And uh, talk about your career in drumming. I mean, you uh, you you do blues, rock. Yeah, I started and- as a, as a blues drummer, which is the foundation of all music. Blues mm-hmm. goes into rock and roll country jazz um really everything pop and um so you learn the blues solid and then you go into rock and roll and um for me it was just a um it's a natural thing as a little boy 
I'd be drumming at the kitchen table. And my dad, you know, kind of stifling in a lot of ways, he said, David, stop drumming at the dinner table. And I thought that was kind of, um, you know, you look back at it and maybe it wasn't so great. Um, but um, I think most drummers, it's a natural thing. Um, we just, uh, it just comes from the heart, comes from just your your rhythm, you know. And um, it's it's a blast. You know, did you play? Them. Did you play any blues clubs, or rock clubs? Uh, I, mean, who, I think I asked you this. Before, what some of the musicians you might have played with? Um, you know, I I played with Chicago Al. Okay, who, who's like a Chicago blues icon? I, mm-hmm. I see him all the time. We open jam at Smiling Jim's every Friday night, and usually he's there. He's a um, electrician by trade. He teaches. Um, teaches it too and he is a um, he's, a, he's a Chicago like very own talk about Chicago's very own he's wonderful and we I see him all the time um, I did play in a blues band uh, maybe five six years ago um, I enjoy open jamming yeah because I meet a lot of musicians that way we yeah. play all, all sorts of songs I just um, found something in, in Glenview at the um, rock with the rock house I believe it's called I walked into this jam and there were five guitar players just acoustically playing guitar with a drum kit right next by them and i said um can i drum with you guys about a month ago and they said sure so i've been drumming with them for a few times i never I never jammed before with a bunch of guitar players and just just myself drumming and they all play at the same time and singing and stuff and we trade off doing our own songs and things and singing and playing so it's fun for all you i know you all do other types of music does this repertoire take you to a uh a different place i mean obviously a more fun place i mean is, is it more you know what does it do for you well i like it because i don't have to sound pretty yeah uh-huh. when That's i good sing point. ethnic music i have to sound good yeah. when i sing dirty songs nobody cares how i sound as long as i enunciate yeah yeah same question yeah um my normal stuff is kind of country um singer songwriter stuff if you go to seesomusic.com little plug you can get my record there uh so this really offers me uh, a nice avenue to get the other side of me out on yeah. stage that really wants to come out so uh i really enjoy the freaks of the world i want to wave my freak flag well, you're in the right place and for that, right, Sammy? <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of the ways that allows me to do it okay. i agree see so it's basically it's um folk songs that we do it's laid back it's not an, it's not intense um music yeah it's right. fun and um it's just uh you got to come see us out. Yeah. Just see us play. Definitely will. We're going to take a break and come back with another live song with a holiday twist. It'll be clean. Yes. Right? We'll yeah. try. We'll yes. try. Okay. Dave. We'll try. All righty. So don't go away. Uh, we'll have more Dirty Ditties after this on Nocturnal Journal. Well, I was over at my mother in law's house the other day. Is that right? And I said, Can I have some eggnog? And she said, No. Oh, well, then. So I said, can I have some whiskey? And she said, no. And then I said, can I be intimate with your brother? And she said, no. You You know, Mama don't allow nothing around here. Well, now, Mama don't allow no jingle bells around here. Mama don't allow no jingle bells around here. Well, now, we don't care what Mama don't allow. Gonna ring them jingle bells anyhow. Mama don't allow no jingle bells around here. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Well, now, Mama don't allow no candy cane licking around here. Mama don't allow no candy cane licking around here. 
we don't care what Mama don't allow, gonna lick them candy canes anyhow Mama don't allow no candy cane licking around here What else don't Mama allow? Let's see Well now, Mama don't allow no dreidel spinning around here Mama don't allow no dreidel spinning around here we don't care what mama don't allow, gonna spin that dreidel anyhow. Mama don't allow no dreidel spinning around here. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. And when it's tried and ready, oh dreidel, we will play. Well now, mama don't allow no eggnog swilling around here. Mama don't allow no eggnog swilling around here. Well now, we don't care what mama don't allow, gonna swill that eggnog anyhow. Mama don't allow no eggnog swilling around here. Are you drunk yet? Getting there. <laughs> well now, mama don't allow no Christmas movies around here. Mama don't allow no Christmas movies around here. Well now, we don't care what mama don't allow, gonna watch them movies anyhow. Mama don't allow no Christmas movies around here. Violet, that's some dress you got on there. This old thing? Why, well, I only wear it when I don't care how I look. Mary, you on the nest? George Bailey, Lasso Stork. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Well, now we, we don't care what Mama don't allow, gonna watch them movies anyhow. Mama don't allow no Christmas movies around here. Happy Holidays! Mary. <laughs> Dirty Ditties! Uh, thank you so much, Paulina, Malvina, and Lunt. Yeah, we cleaned that one up real good for you. <laughs> well, yeah, those lyrics, where do those... I mean, I think I was telling you during the break, I'm, I don't have any notes in front of me. I think that's a Cow Cow... I don't look stuff up on the web while we're doing it, but I think that's a Cow Cow Davenport song. I might have the name butchered, but I know Steve Goodman covered that. Okay. Um, but obviously not with those lyrics. So where right. do those lyrics come from? How do I you, made them up. You did make them up? Yeah. Yeah. Just made all that stuff up. And then how do you do that in performance? And it's more vulgar then, or not? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do a verse about reindeer that we cannot do in the studio. <laughs> Use your imagination. Well, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wise man, Dave. Yeah. Wise man. <laughs> um, thanks for the bells, doctor. That was good. I also like the fact you guys came down on the on the L, right? With all your equipment and stuff? Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, that's great. But yeah. we Ubered it from the L. Oh, you did Uber yeah. it from the L. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this driving in tonight. Um, what about just uh, influences for you guys in terms of spirit and music and humor? I mean, do you listen, did, you, did you listen to um, old comedy records, vaudeville stuff? Uh, you mentioned YouTube. I mean, where do, you, where do you capture the spirit for what you do? Well, my heroes are the Three Stooges, okay. the Marx Brothers, and Mel Brooks. Mm. So um, that's kind of the spirit that I'm into. I mean, they're all very different, but um, when you talk about that, what what do you mean? What, what that type of spirit? What is it? Irreverent. Okay. Yeah, they have no respect for anybody. It's like with all disrespect. I mean, with no due respect. I mean, uh, whatever. So um, I started out uh, watching the Three Stooges, and I had this. Um, fantasy that when I grew up, I was going to be 
all of the Three Stooges, every single one of them. Well, <laughs> that didn't quite pan out. Then I saw a Marx Brothers movie, and I felt disloyal to the Three Stooges because I lo- liked the Marx Brothers even better. And then I, I saw movies like Blazing Saddles and The Twelve Chairs by Mel Brooks, and I'm like, oh, this stuff is so great. So, yeah, that's, that's really my influences. Doctor and CISO, same question. Like, where do, you, where do you get the spirit from? You know, I get the spirit from these guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I did watch the Stooges and the Marx Brothers and all that. Um, I know it on the Stooges, they did so much um, physical comedy. Back in the day, there, there wasn't any technology for all that. It was just physical comedy, incredible stuff, incredible, and the, and the Marx Brothers, too. But it's being around these guys, um, just with the music, and we're all friends. We, we just, um, our chemistry is just it's there. It's all good. Yeah. Buddy, Buddy Rich was a funny drummer. He was. He, he was. <laughs> He'd be, yeah, yeah. Sammy Davis was also a really funny drummer. Yeah, Sammy drummer. Davis was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was. Same question. Uh, you know, growing up, I really listened to uh, a lot of Dr. Demento. Okay. And I uh, grew up as well with Weird Al, who I mentioned earlier. So as far as comedy goes, those were my influences. Just the nerdy side of comedy is the stuff that I really gravitated to, you know, being a nerd myself. So uh, that's what I try to bring through in the songs that I choose and uh, my the way that I perform them. I, I actually went to school for theater. I went to uh, Columbia College uh, for theater, and that's my background in performance. And I'm uh, glad I get to scratch that bone. While I'm on a subject, I, I'm understudying a show at Victory Gardens that's going to be running in uh, the spring, and it's called uh, Cambodian Rock Band. So check uh, check that out when it comes around. Wow, what's that about? A Cambodian rock band. Yeah, Cambodian rock band. Well, we uh, it's it's mainly in two different eras. We have the present, and we have um, before the coming of the Khmer Rouge. And uh, the part that I'm understudying for is uh, we see him at 51 uh, in the present when he's trying to get his daughter to come back home because she's prosecuting somebody uh, for war crimes and he believes that it's dangerous. And then we see the same character at 17 years old when he was in a Cambodian rock band before he went into the uh, uh, prison camps. I imagine, I got to come and see you. I haven't seen you yet, but um, I'm looking at some of these. Some of these song titles that I can't say. Uh, pretty, <laughs> something styled, well, doggy style. But, um, <laughs> I think I can say that. I but I imagine theater is is a big part of the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys yeah, just yeah, don't sit there and play instruments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit yeah. of banter back and forth. And, yeah. and uh, we try to keep the banter short so it doesn't uh, get boring. Yeah. Our venue, by the way, is the Cocktail Lounge. It's very relaxing. There's a bar right there, but... It's just uh, like a Vegas setting. It's, it's it's a beautiful theater. So give us a It's Under the Gun Theater at 956 West Newport in Wrigleyville. Yep. And the first Thursdays at 8 o'clock through correct. April. Sorry. Through, through April 2019? Through April, correct. And talk about how people can get uh, tickets and stuff like that. I believe you can go on brown paper tickets and order them there. Um, does anyone, any of you guys, have any more insight than that? Under the Gun Theater has a website for tickets. Oh, good one. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Go yeah. to mm-hmm. underthegun.com. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just show up and play. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've asked you this before, and, and um, who comes to these? I mean, uh, 
What's your audience like? All ages? Uh, uh, yeah, bachelorette mm, parties. Not, you do get bachelorette parties? Yeah, yeah, birthdays. People who are just kind of out and about and looking for something to do. And we tell them it's 45 minutes of the dirtiest songs that we know. And that, that gets them in the door. Has anyone ever been offended? Do you ever see anybody walk out? I don't, nope. I don't think so. Not no. once. So people know what, know what to expect. They're prepared into. for it. Yeah. 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 I would yeah. not invite the ladies in my church choir to go to that, however. <laughs> Any other... Pro- I would. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, you can. <laughs> Any other projects you got coming up that you want to plug? I know you're really busy, Malina. Uh, Malina Cervix. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much just doing uh, un, uh, dirty ditties right now and singing in the church choir, which I won't name because uh, probably get me excommunicated. But do they know you do this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They know, but I don't talk a lot about it there. Yeah. And same thing. Any upcoming projects? Uh, I mentioned uh, Cambodian rock band at Victory Gardens in the spring. Please keep a lookout for that. I'm doing a show at the Skokie Theater called the Scott Show. I'm drumming for the Scott Show. Um, two male singers and two female singers and a piano player and myself. Yeah, we did it last year, and it's a sequel, and it's a great show at the at Skokie Theater, uh, downtown Skokie. Your patients, they know about all this. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. Yeah, and thank, thank you, Aubrey. Good luck to you, Aubrey Mumhart. Thank you, Sammy Martino, and uh, thank you for listening.